0: If you give us a station ID, they'll kill me if I, don't, if I don't ask. I'd hate to see you killed. This is Steve Robinson, temporarily back on Earth, in Davis, on KDVS 90.3. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We, uh, we got such a great response last month to our Ray Bradbearing interview that in our second segment today, we're going to do a rebroadcast of that. We appreciated emails such as those from Tommy V, who said that your Ray Bradbury interview was truly inspiring. Thank you. Well, thank you for writing and paying attention, and um, we will air that in our second segment today once again, and uh, we may have some trouble with our website here at KDVS this week. Please bear with us if you have trouble accessing this program or any of the other programs here in our lineup. But uh, that should be fixed by next week, and we promise you that you'll be able to hear Ray Bradbury either on his first uh, appearance or on this rebroadcast on our website, which is radioparallax.com. And as always, we welcome your feedback, which you can send to info at radioparallax.com, and perhaps we'll read your comments on the air, as as we uh, sometimes do. On this date in history, which is July 6th, In the year 1483, England's Richard III is crowned king. Although tradition notes his evilness, perpetrated by Shakespeare's play to a large degree, much of this reputation was the result of propaganda by the Tudors to justify Henry VII's usurpation of the crown. Shakespeare, of course, was writing most of his plays during the Elizabethan era, and, and Queen Elizabeth herself... Good Queen Bess was, in fact, Henry VII's granddaughter. For the record, the plays of William Shakespeare were written by Edward De Vere, the Earl of Oxford. And 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 just settle down over there at the English Department. We've been promising a show on that topic. We managed. To, we have not managed to do it yet. But I promise you, at some point in the not uh, well, let's let's say in the next six months, we're going to do a show on the the. Uh, Oxfordian versus Stratfordian controversy, and see if we can't clear the air once and for all and uh, sweep away some of this nonsense about an illiterate man from Stratford-on-Avon allegedly being a playwright. Yes, we expect in that fight we're going to have some black eyes and knocked out teeth, but by God, we're going to stick to our guns. We're sure it was Oxford. And July 6, 1885, marks a, uh, a red letter day in the history of medicine when Louis Pasteur applied the first successful anti rabies vaccine to Joseph Meister, a boy who had been bitten by an infected dog. If one contracts rabies, it is a fatal disease. In fact, even 121 years later, there are only two cases known to medical science of people who contracted rabies and yet survived. So a vaccine which could prevent you from contracting the disease in the first place was a pretty welcome thing to have in the medical uh, bag of tricks. On July 6th 1917, irregular Arab forces led by Englishman T.E. Lawrence, later known as Lawrence of Arabia, captured the port city of Aqaba from the Turks during World War I. And my favorite item from this date in history five years previous, uh, five years prior to that victory by T.E. Lawrence in, in, uh, in what is today Jordan, uh, at the, during the Olympic Games in Stockholm, Sweden, American Indian athlete Jim Thorpe gained fame as the world's greatest athlete, winning the Olympic decathlon. During the awards ceremony, when the King of Sweden paid, Thorpe the tribute of calling him the world's greatest athlete, Jim Thorpe replied by saying, Thanks, King. Our quip of the day comes from Berthold Brecht, who has quoted the London Guardian recently as having noted at one point that youth is when you blame your troubles on your parents. Maturity is when you learn that everything is the fault of the younger generation. Our statistic of the day is that, according to the New York Times, at least 90 former officials of the Department of Homeland Security now work as executive consultants or lobbyists for companies that sell billions of dollars worth of goods and services to their former agency. Let us do the good, the bad, and the ugly, shall we? According to the Week magazine, uh, a couple weeks back was a good week for civic pride after New York City, an East Coast metropolis uh, not noted for its uh, its polite citizenry, in fact is better known for its abrasive, tough-minded attitude, was nevertheless declared the most polite city in the world by researchers from Reader's Digest magazine. Zurich, Switzerland came in second, coming up dead last on the list... Mumbai, formerly known as Bombay, India. And uh, this this last week was a bad week for the search for Osama bin Laden, when it was revealed that the Central Intelligence Agency has closed the unit that for the past decade had the mission of hunting bin Laden and his top lieutenants. It turns out the unit known as Alex Station was disbanded late last year and its analyst reassigned within the CIA Counter-Terrorist Center. In what is currently my favorite official government pronouncement uh, to date in this year of 2006, the New York Times reported that agency officials said that tracking bin Laden and his deputies remained a high priority and that the decision to disband the unit was not a sign that the effort had slackened. This reminds me somewhat of the scene in This Is Spinal Tap when filmmaker Marty DeBerge asked the manager of the band that the fact that they're playing into much smaller venues on this current American tour reflects a decline in the band's popularity, to which the manager Ian Faith responds with, No, 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 it just shows that our our fans are more selective. Yes, apparently the the overall search for Osama Bin Laden will, will now be more selective. And finally, it was an ugly week, week before last, for European wildlife when Bruno the bear, who was noted to be the first bear to wander into Germany for 170 years, was shot dead. The 220-pound brown bear had become quite a celebrity in Germany as he would apparently have been commuting in the Alps uh, between Italy, Austria, and uh, Bavaria. But apparently his crossing into Germany proved to be a fatal mistake. Said Otmar Bernhardt, an official with Bavaria's environmental ministry, it's not that we don't welcome bears in Bavaria. It's just that this one wasn't behaving properly. Apparently the bear had wandered into, uh, into, uh, onto some farms, had eaten a chicken, at least one sheep, and it was noted in the press reports, apparently uh, at least one pet guinea pig. So when some special hunting dogs called in from Finland to chase down Bruno, uh, failed in their task, open season was declared on the bear, and some uh, Bavarian hunters unapologetically shot him dead. Environmentalists who had been campaigning to save Bruno uh, reacted with fury. Said Heike Fink, spokesman for the Germany's Wildlife Alliance, told the Guardian newspaper, other countries like France, Romania, Austria, and Italy, to say nothing of America, Managed to coexist with bears, but three weeks after the first one turns up in Germany, we have to shoot it dead. It's so frustrating. She added, I have to go and lecture developing countries about how they should save their elephants and tigers. I haven't got much credibility as a German when we kill our only bear. Well, all I can say is, at least we're apparently not the only trigger-happy, boneheaded bunch of hunters uh, in the world. All right, anyway, that's enough good, bad, and ugly. We'll be right back. back. Anyway, I uh, hope uh, hope you had a chance to hear Eli Wallach's appearance on uh, on last week's uh, program. Uh, we really enjoyed having uh, one of the original cast members of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly talk to you, the KDVS listening audience. That show will also be soon up on our website, radioparallax.com. I tell you, I'm really bugged by that bear story. When I, when I was a boy, we had some land uh, in the East Bay, and I remember on the first day of pheasant season, driving around with my dad, and in some cases my, uh, my grandpa, and just shooing hunter after hunter after hunter off our land, all of whom were in denial that they had seen the numerous signs we had posted everywhere saying no hunting. Hunters as a group impressed me as a small boy with what a bunch of lazy, knuckle-headed, beer-swilling jackasses they were, and to be honest, not much, is, not much has come along in the decades since to uh, to alter that opinion. And I should clarify that that my dad used to hunt, and I used to go out there with him. And I do know some some good people who who hunt. But but again, the bulk of people I meet out there that call themselves sportsmen who drive around in their SUVs with uh, you know high-powered weaponry to go down and uh, to to bag a deer using a A 30-odd-six with a high-powered sight, you can have these folks. And speaking of exactly this kind of mentality, I'd like to cite an item uh, from the London Independent a couple weeks back that was reprinted in The Week magazine that referred to Ted Nugent as the world's most conservative rock and roller. It was noted that the Detroit-born heavy metal guitarist, now 57, abhors drugs and alcohol, thinks homosexuality is an abomination, but shoots animals for fun and food. He is something of a law and order fanatic and owns 350 guns. In his interview for The Independent, Nugent said, I say if somebody robs you, shoot him, adding, I like all thieves killed. Nugent, a major fan of President Bush, lives just up the road from the presidential ranch in Crawford, Texas, and attended his private inaugural party in the year 2000. Nugent's only problem with Bush is he thinks he's been too soft on Iraq, saying, Our failure has been to not Nagasaki them. Ted Nugent, NRA spokesman. My favorite Ted Nugent story is one I heard when I was uh, in, in medical school when my good friend Mark uh, reported that he was at a Ted Nugent concert when a guy in front of him was screaming, Yeah! Yeah! Dog eat dog! This guy kept shouting this throughout the song despite the fact uh, that Mark noted that the tune being played was in fact not Dog Eat Dog. According to Nugent at that private, private inaugural, Bush swept past his wife and said, Laurel! Look who's here. It's Ted. He then hugged the rock star, t- took him by the shoulders, and said, Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't think that we don't know what you're up to out here. Stay the course. On the flip side of that, you may have caught the Insight program, which aired yesterday, where Jeffrey Callison talked to the local promoter who's bringing the Dixie Chicks to the Bay Area and the Sacramento region. The Los Angeles Times noted a couple weeks back that the Dixie Chicks are having to cancel concerts around the country in response to some rather poor ticket sales. Now, they've almost apparently sold out Arco Arena here locally, but they currently have the number one country album in the United States, so they should have probably sold out a long time ago. It was curious to hear uh, Mr. Callison talk to the manager who said that some of the local country stations would not even take the buy. In other words, they would not even accept money to advertise the Dixie Chicks on their station. When asked whether uh, this was politically motivated or they were told to do this, uh, they, of course, denied it and said, Well, no, no, we think that this shows that they're just, uh, they're just not as popular as they might be. In any way, they said that re- they've renounced uh, uh, country music, which which caused Callison to, to ask them, well, that that may be, sir, but uh, why would it be that the station then wouldn't uh, lead that up to the to the listener of that radio station to decide if they want to go see the Dixie Chicks? Uh, they They basically just sort of talked around the subject, but it's pretty clear that there is some political pressure being brought to bear, and a lot of country stations feel they have to be patriotic, and if they're going to turn their back on the Dixie Chicks as a consequence, well, that's just that's just too bad, you know, to hell with the First Amendment. We recently had our July 4th uh, holiday here, uh, you know, something in many respects worthy of celebrating the American ideal, once again remembered. But uh, I do find it disturbing that, you know, like right-wing talk radio uh, will constantly blather on about how much freedom we have in this country, but when people uh, go out to exercise that uh, that First Amendment freedom we have to speak your mind, why, it's just assumed that, uh, you know, that th- there's something wrong with them and they shouldn't be doing this. I would note that on July 4th, I saw a rather spectacular uh, fireworks display over in the wine country, which, uh, which I did enjoy very much. Noted that uh, on the same day, the North Koreans had apparently launched... Some short-range. They were described as short-range missiles and a, lar- a long-range missile that completely malfunctioned. But I was wondering, you know, what does that mean, short-range missile? You know, I've watched quite a few short-range missiles go up and blow off some fireworks. We've noted before and should note again in this program that this whole issue of missiles in North Korea, if it's not much ado about nothing, it's much ado about not very much. We'll return to that topic, but running out of time on our first segment today, would like to note uh, like to thank our own Dr. Andy for the email he sent us noting that the freedom of the press lost 220 to 195 uh, last week when it was noted that there was one, count him one, Republican in the House of Representatives who apparently supports the freedom of the press. That was Connecticut Congressman Chris Shays. The only member of the Republican caucus to join Democrats in opposing a House resolution that condemned news organizations for providing the American people with information about what their government is doing in their name, but without their informed consent. In the wake of President Bush and Vice President Cheney's launching their public relations war against the New York Times... For publishing details about the Treasury Department's effort to monitor bank transfers, a non-binding resolution was rushed onto the House floor and endorsed by that vote of 220-195. to We should note that the House's 219 Republicans were joined by Louisiana Democrat Charlie Melankin in uh, condemning the freedom of the press. Interesting to note, too, that that uh, 15-vote majority the Republicans currently enjoy in the House uh, owes at least six of those votes to the (laughs) disgusting gerrymandering that Tom DeLay uh, engineered in the state of Texas, which the Supreme Court ruled last week may smell bad, but is not unconstitutional. And in our final item of the segment, also from the state of Texas, uh, we have the news that Kenny Boyle keeled over dead yesterday in Aspen, Colorado. Ken Lay, the chief crook at Enron, who was about to face sentencing in in the, in the prison, for his uh, criminal activities, making Enron allegedly the seventh largest corporation in America by virtue of all sorts of accounting chicanery and lies and cheating and theft, etc. Well, Mr. Lay will not have to face America's penal system. But uh, one does wonder about all of his heirs who will profit from his bad behavior, uh... By the sizable amount of money he was able to sequester away through his stock manipulations of Enron. It doesn't appear, at least in the case of the Lay family, anyone's going to have to really face the music on that one, and we think that's too bad. Let's take a break and come back with one of our favorite interviews, that with uh, the the legendary author Ray Bradbury. Stay tuned. listening to KDVS 90.3 FM, Davis, Sacramento. This is Radio Parallax, and I'm Douglas Everett.